I'm in the Namib Desert, in the shade of a beautiful Anna tree. She must be over a hundred years old. It's later in the afternoon, so the blistering heat has dialed back from a 10 to about an 8. It's probably still around 40 odd degrees. I've been here a few times this year making a film on the desert elephants. I'm working on a series uh, that is about elephants around the world. We're doing four programs and I'm directing and shooting the one on the desert elephants. I adore deserts and I adore Namibia so it is a real dream. It's also it feels there's a sense of urgency and time is running out for these extraordinary creatures. There's only about 120 left. The Namib runs through southern Angola, through Namibia and down into South Africa and to the east it kind of melds with the Kalahari and it forms the biggest lump of sand on this planet. To the west it falls into the cold, cold sea. It's known as the burning shore. These, these huge sand dunes at Sassusfle, they are the biggest sand dunes in the world. And the Benguelan current, this upwelling on the west coast, brings rich nutrients. So it's very rich marine life that hits this burning shore. There are mountains to the east that separate the Kalahari from the Namib. And so the land falls from east to west to the coast. And through this desert, you have these riverbeds that once a year, hopefully, rains will fall in the mountains. And this sort of one pulse of the desert's heart pumps nutrients down into the desert to refill the subterranean aquifers that the deep anna trees rely on and a few other plants hardy enough to get their roots down there. This desert is the oldest desert on earth. It's 50 million years old. In comparison, the Sahara is 12,000 years old. It's a mere puppy compared to this place. A couple of days back, trying to find the alleys, we went through a gorge where the rocks are the oldest visible rocks on Earth. That the fossils... Well, <laughs> you go through some of the oldest fossils on the planet and then you get to rocks that predate fossils. They predate a time when um, life on Earth had skeletal remains. So there are no fossils, the rocks are that old. So the life here, we have the desert ellies, and then there's some desert giraffe and zebra, the odd lion and some antelope. There are hideously large spiders, scorpions who obviously live here very happy, and amazing beetles and bugs. And interestingly, it was these beetles and bugs that 
led scientists to the conclusion that it's the oldest desert on Earth because of the fact there is such a rich variety of uh, species of beetles and bugs that they must have evolved over such a long time to fill every niche. And that's how they got to that conclusion. Um, so yeah, the desert ellies, we've been following them and we were lucky enough to have a newborn baby and the Huamib is the dry river running through the middle where we spent most of our time but the Uchab uh, is further south and that's where this baby was born and no baby has survived here for about eight years there's been a drought also for about that length of time so this baby is extraordinarily precious and as we come to the end of the filming now I've only got a few more days this been following the baby and it's it's healthy it's well I'm touching the Anna tree wood for luck but it is the most precious life and watching not just the mum and the aunts and the grands but all of the elephants and the bulls just being so protective and if there's an unusual noise or a startled movement or something they will all form fortress elephants around this baby to keep it safe they're covering huge distances. We, we lost them a couple of days back and tracked them west towards the coast. And they had covered 60 kilometers in a day and a half. And this baby's only a few months old. The day after it was born, it had to walk the distance of a marathon in heat, you know, 40 to 50 degrees. When we first came out, we heard rumours up north uh, on one of the riverbeds we weren't even going to go to because Ellie's hadn't been seen there for 10 years or so that an elephant was there so we took a risk and drove up the skeleton coast and there in these vast gorges that became these huge dunes was this bull elephant he was in his sort of 20s so elephant ages are quite similar to human and so he he wasn't old enough to be one of the few big mating bulls yet um, but he he was an adult and so he was sort of cast out and he was wandering the desert on his own unlike the savannarellis who where they, you know you have hundreds of them and they form these bachelor herds here there are only a few ellies and fewer still bulls obviously and they will often lead these solitary lives and he was there doing this pilgrimage almost down this river wonder whether he'd even walked that route before or whether the knowledge had been passed to him uh, from his mother but he we followed him and amazingly he got to the coast and at the coast the subterranean rivers that run under the sand bubbled up and there was a little bit of greenery a little oasis right right in sight of the shore and he got there and managed to eat before turning and heading back we've witnessed one in a hundred year storms as the rains came but they kept coming and kept coming and torrents of water just smashing down the banks and reforming the river and ripping out 150 year old trees the power of that water 
and it heads down and bursts through the dunes to the sea. We've seen the mists roll in off the coast and sometimes in the middle of summer it's often the only moisture that the life in the desert gets to lick this dew off the plants and to drink it off the plants, the alleys as well. And it's salty as it comes across the coast. It picks up that salt and it gives them valuable minerals that they need. It's an astonishing place and to drive through this silent ancient landscape and to come across the footprints of a vast desert bull all cracked and gnarled and to see which way he went and how many hours ago or how many days ago and to track and to follow and then to come around a corner and to see this huge extraordinary creature so strong so vast yet so gentle and delicate in so many ways the anna tree I'm sitting under the anna trees uh, some of the only vegetation that can live in the desert they are able to throw their roots down far enough to pick up the waters that run beneath they have anapods that so much of the life rely on here and yet to get to them is so difficult. The the leaves of the trees, it's like a browse line sometimes. In parks you'll get a, a line where cattle or deer have grazed up to a certain height, but you have that here. And that height is the height of the bulls. So the females and the little ones often can't reach the, these valuable anna leaves, and so they're forced to eat um, less nutritious uh, foodstuffs, um, whatever is around. Sometimes the bulls will reach up almost on two legs. You get them on two and a bit, just on tiptoe, and they'll reach up and pull down a branch and give it to the others, or they'll eat themselves. And if they're flirting, they may give a branch as a present. Um, the anna trees are magical. They feel so much part of this landscape. They're sort of stationary elephants, I think. What we're hoping with our film, yes, we want to teach people about the Ellies and to, everyone knows about Ellies, but few people know about these desert Ellies. And we, want to, we want to tell people about them. But they are struggling. Their old migratory routes from the desert were east to Atosha National Park, which is permanent water and a lot of vegetation and a lot of other alleys and our desert alleys need to be able to retrace these routes back to Atosha and be able to move between there and the desert when and when they want to um, but they can't because of human encroachment and there's a lot of farms and people have moved in between these two places there's a plan afoot to reopen a corridor that was once there for the Ellie's to be able to move freely again. And it's rare, you know, as I travel around, there are problems everywhere in the environment and they often seem utterly insurmountable and the solutions are difficult. But here it is actually quite simple if we're able to put that corridor in to preserve the Ellie's and the wildlife in that band across Namibia.
it would save the desert elephant. If we don't, we lose the desert elephant. It's actually that simple in this case. So we're hoping that it may, it may help to get that to get that corridor into place. But yeah, so I spend a few more days here under the most extraordinary stars on the planet and hang out with the desert Ellie's for a little bit more. And then I'll come home and we'll make this film. It's a magical, magical place.